Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. With me today, I have Charlana Kelly. Now, she's an author of four books. You Are Not Here by Accident, Reaching Out with a Message of Hope, In Search of the King's Court, and her latest release, which we're going to talk about today, Irrefutable. Now, if you've ever seen Charlana's picture, you will understand between listening to her today and looking at her picture, why she is known as the Sunshine Girl. She emits sunshine in every way. She has inspired thousands to influence their world by encouraging leaders, loving people, and changing the atmosphere around them. Charlana is a life-changing communicator, oh I really really like that phrase, who imparts the wisdom, the courage, and the strength that we need. She is definitely a voice for our time. She's an entrepreneur, she's a community minister leader, she's a pastor, she's a television host of Engage for Influence, and she's CEO of Speak Truth Media Group. Welcome, Charlana. Oh, Carol, it's so good to be with you today. Thank you for that introduction. You know, sitting there listening to all that, it makes me smile. I am so grateful and I'm so happy to be with you. This is your second time. And the last time I interviewed you was three years ago. And it's always wonderful to touch base with those and see, you know, that I've interviewed in the past and see how their life changed and what new things they have done. And I'm so glad to have met you back then and now to hear what exciting things, because I know there are many changes in your life and you're going to share them. So thank you for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Now, the first thing I want to do is back a little bit. Your experiences as a child motivated you to write books that give hope. And I know this also extends into your experiences as an adult. But let's go back again to a little bit of your initial story. And that is, share with the audience the devastating news that you received as a child that literally changed your life. Yes, the the one word that set the course of my life and caused much, really much consternation up into probably my early 30s and, and 40s, really that, that decade of my life from 32 to 42. But it was the fact that I am adopted 
And that in and of itself was not devastating. But what devastated me was the word I heard when I was around eight years old and it was illegitimate. And I didn't realize it as a child. I really didn't even know what it meant. But it, it, it hit me as almost a label, as a mark of identity that it took me decades to determine that I was told I was not legit. And it really means you have no right. And ultimately, you have no right to live. And so it really set the course for a battle about my identity and my purpose in the world. And once I realized that I had the power to help other women who struggled with similar issues find hope and find healing as a result of discovering their identity in Christ, where that set a fire under me, Carol, and I was determined to, to give my life's purpose to that, helping others forego the pain that I had felt for so many years. One of the things that I really appreciated as you were talking was the passion. And that passion is coming from a place of experience that you had as a child. And I think that, that it is passion that motivates us. It is passion from past hurts and past experiences that w make us want to help others and I know that you have that passion and that is going to come through very clearly as we continue chatting today and so I thank you for sharing that and even that word illegitimate you didn't know the meaning of it but you felt the feeling behind it and that affected you later in life and so I really I know that that is one of the motivations you had in sharing your story but also the motivation to help others and so I thank you for that and those of you who have not heard Charlana's first interview I encourage you to listen to that one as well now in your first interview you made a statement hopeless is losing our expectation of good I'd like you to expound on that a bit because that really impacted me the first time okay. I heard that well you know that comes out of the second book that I wrote and uh, reaching out with a message of hope, I had begun at that time in my life, I had begun to do some ministry in prison and jail and homeless shelters. And what I recognized in women were two things. They, they lacked vision for the future. They'd lost their vision. They'd lost their hope but they ultimately lost their vision. I'll tell you in a moment why I know that to be true. The second thing I noticed about them that they always could quote Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I have never been anywhere, Carol, around the world that people cannot quote that from memory. There's some sort of hope that that one verse in the Bible brings to people that they cling to it and they hold on to it. Well, that last word or last few words to give you a hope and a future or a future and a hope, that word hope in the Hebrew means a earnest expectation of future good. And so what I realized is in their hopelessness, 
that had lost their vision or their expectation or their faith, because faith is an earnest expectation as well, but they have lost their expectation of good to come in their future. And it's a horrible kind of a spiraling uh, paralysis, I will call it, that when we lose our hope, we just we just sit down and we sit right there and we can't seem to to discover how to break out or break through or be delivered from that place of hopelessness. And so I wrote a book about it, actually, about the importance of inspiring others by giving them vision, by giving them their hope back through God, through Christ. That's where it comes from. But, you know, helping them to begin to see their future differently again that's what rebirths hope in the heart of people. My goodness, that was so impactful. Hope is the earnest expectation of future good. And why I believe that is so impactful is because of what is going on in the world, in our country, in our homes right now. Mm -hmm. And I think we could say that about any time basically in history but it is true it is so appropriate and as you were sharing that that's what I kept thinking that that hope in a lot of cases in a lot of lives has really been either destroyed or not there can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that well yes I think that life experience can definitely challenge any kind of hope a child has. Children are born with love in their heart, with peace in their heart, with a, a hope, I believe. And if their hope is shaped by how they are treated, what is said to them, their life experience. And so I believe, as we'll talk about in a bit with my current, my newest book, but I believe that that hope is almost immediately attacked in our life to try to destroy our identity. I believe that hope and identity are tied together because if we have no hope, we, you think about it, if you know who you are, it, it, that in and of itself births a, a expectation for the future. You know you're an artist, then you're going to go after being an artist. If you know you're a teacher, if you know you're a writer or a speaker or whatever, that gives us hope. We know our gifts, we know who we are, then we, you know, chase after uh, those things that bring us joy. And so I believe that it, it really is life experience that will either uh, give us a excitement about our hope or it will crush our hope completely. So someone who is going through something really negative in whatever area of their life and they feel like they are in a place of hopelessness and and possibly even have come to that decision that they are hopeless. What can you say to that person and to change their way of thinking? and to increase um, their outlook as a positive one? Well, first off, we have to tie ourselves to the God of all hope. You know, number one, ultimately, we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who, who came to cr 
crush everything that would try to destroy our hope. When we give our lives to Jesus, he was the great reconciler and redeemer. We're reconciled back to God, who is the God of all hope. But here's the thing, you can't, I love the title of your program, Never, Ever, Ever Give Up Hope. I may have added an extra ever in there, (laughs) but don't give up hope. But what do we hope in? We hope that tomorrow will be better. If tomorrow has never been better, then we have to turn to the one who holds our tomorrows and trust that if we give our life to him, if we surrender, if we ask and invite him to come into the situation and help us, then he's faithful and just to do it. Sometimes, though, Carol, I think we have to remove ourselves from people and places and things that destroy our hope. And I know that can be a difficult and tough decision for people, but God does not want us to live in a hopeless existence. If he said, I, my thoughts are good, my thoughts are peace, I want to give you a future and a hope, then we have to position ourselves to receive the best of what he has for us, or else we will remain hopeless. So, you know, it can be so difficult, but, it, you know, I mentioned I did a lot of ministry in jails and prisons, And recidivism is a very high thing in our nation, and that is because most of the time, and I've dealt with women, most of the time women will go back to the people in the places that they came from, and it's a vicious cycle that just repeats itself. So whether you have come to that point in your life where, where you've been incarcerated, or you're just in a bad, bad situation With people, you've got to remove yourself from that place and get into a place that is hope-filled and encouraging and inspirational that will love you and pour into you so that you can be, uh, I want to call it even a rebirth of, of hope in your life so that you have vision for the future. I agree with everything that you said, 100%. And as I'm listening to you talking, I'm trying to hear you from someone who is in that place and stepping out of your comfort zone is never easy stepping out of what you're used to whether it be positive or negative will is always difficult so do you have any keys any tools on how to make that transition the key and as you were talking Carol I got a picture of Peter stepping out of the boat onto the water Because the key is trusting God and having faith in God sometimes requires us to step out into the unknown. But when I've I've often told people this, that sometimes God asked us to step out of the boat in an unsure place, could even be dark. I believe God does his greatest miracles in darkness. Just look at the baby in the womb. And we have to trust God and step out into an unknown, unfamiliar, uncomfortable place. But that's the place where miracles happen. can't give you a tool. I can, you know, I can tell you all the miracles God's done in my life when I stepped out on the water or launched out into the deep or jumped off the cliff, so to speak. Maybe those aren't the best words. But just kind of free, kind of free fall into the hands of God and allow Him to catch me. I know, I know, it may sound so foreign to people who don't have a relationship 
with God. And, uh, you know, I understand that and I get that. The thing that drew me to the God of all hope was the peace that I saw on the faces of the people who knew him. And because I had no peace, I was desperate for peace. And when I recognized it, I moved towards it and I found him. And so as far as a tool, I could give you plenty of tools to do it in your own strength. But we both know that when people do things in their own strength, they often fall short. We need the supernatural power of God in our life. And it often just requires us to trust and step out. One of the messages that you have in a couple of your books is the message that you are not here by accident. And as you were sharing in the beginning about the word illegitimate and the impact that that made on your life, there are many people I'm sure that feel that regarding the whole message of hope and trying to change their present because of their negative past. Could you address that in particular, or maybe for those who real or think that they never should have been born and they feel like there is no hope, which I know you have already addressed, but specifically, what is the message and is it in all your books that no one is here by accident? Yes, it is. It is a overriding theme and it is also the important key for us to find our value and worth you know psalm 139 says that god knew us before we were ever in our mother's womb i personally believe that we were chosen for such a time as this that there's nothing random about any one person that is alive in the earth today will be alive tomorrow or was alive a hundred years ago. We were chosen to be here at this time in this moment as a representative of the image of God in the earth. The word also says that he numbered our days and before the foundations of the earth, it actually says. I love a scripture over in the book of Malachi that says that when, when his people speak of him, he listens and he writes all of their words in a book, which gives me a vision of God writing our life in a book and numbered our days, knew us, chose us, sent us here at a certain time. Our families are chosen to be here. I was chosen to be adopted, but the the family that adopted me, they were chosen by God for me. I believe at 110%. I, I could tell you mighty miracles regarding that. But, but for people who think that their life is not worth living or why did they exist? Why am I here? Why did you send me here? All of those questions that we have before we find our identity and our purpose and our gifting so that we become empowered to live in a different way, I would just say to you that God has a beautiful plan for your life if you step in. This all really goes back to belief by having faith. And I, you can't have faith in an unseen God until you know what he has said and promised. Once you read the book and you read his inspired words written by men, but you read what the promises are and you understand how they've been confirmed and come to pass 
in the lives of people, then you begin to change. The light comes on upstairs. We no longer have a mental ascent of God. We now have a heart knowledge and a heart relationship. We truly become part of the family of God. But I would just say to someone who's struggling right now, brother, sister, hold on. There is hope for you. God has a plan, and it is a good one. And, and you're not random. You just, you just need to find that place where, where the light comes on for you. One thing really quick, uh, Carol, I want to say, one of the things that I would do in the jail, in the prison, when I first went in, we had a full-on educational program, all Christ-centered, that we did in every place that we went in to minister. I had a whole team of women teachers that were alongside of me doing this. But when I went in, the very first thing I did in, in the introduction to this program was we looked at everybody's name and we came up with the meanings of their names. Now, there's a whole backstory on that for me that set me free. But I think when people begin to see, I do have a purpose. There is something unique about me. There's something special about me. And there's a reason why I'm here. That's what really rebirths the hope. And it gives them vision for the future. We used to do a little aptitude test, too. And I used to crack up laughing. A lot of ladies in the prison had gifts in the legal arena. <laughs> you know, but they're, because their gift had not been nurtured and honed and developed, they, they went left when they should have gone right. You know what I mean? Right. That is so well stated. Absolute perfection. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to switch gears here and ask you to tell us about your new book and what the core message is there. Irrefutable is probably, you know, when I wrote You're Not Here by Accident, I said it's my best work so far. And I believe at that time it was. But irrefutable is something that came out of my ministry experience. It's all about the power of your testimony, the reason why we go through various trials in our life. God revealed to me a cycle of, of preparation, really, that our trials are doing to produce magnificent testimonies of the goodness of our God. So Irrefutable is all about identifying your testimony, sharing your testimony, the power of your testimony, and why God wants us to have a testimony. I mentioned in there the scripture out of Revelation, I believe it's 12:11. It says, by this we overcome, by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, loving not our own lives even unto death, so the, it is our very testimony of the goodness of God, what he's done in our life, that causes us to overcome and realize victory in every season of our life. So his testimony, your testimony of God is irrefutable. That's where the title came from. I love something that Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, a man with an experience of God is never at the mercy of a man with an argument, and that is so true. Could you say that again? Yes. A man with an experience of God is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Wow. 
<laughs> One thing that you said when you were talking about trials, and I know that you agree with me in this statement, and that is those of us who have, and I think most people have, lived through trials and use them as stepping stones rather than hurdles become successful in what they set out to do, whether it's their personal life or their business or anything. Would you agree with that? And if and could you expound on that? Yes, absolutely. I believe I said something to a group of women I teach on Tuesdays not long ago. I said, we don't really ever fail. When we fail or fall, we fall forward. In other words, if we keep our hearts before God, when the test or the trial comes, then then what we do is we learn, we grow, and we become more empowered. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, I'm saying this from mem- memory, but I'm going to get it pretty close. But I love this part of scripture. It says, for your light and momentary affliction is working for you a far heavier weight of glory because the things that are seen are temporary. This too shall pass. I'm adding that. What you're going through will pass. It will come to an end. The things you see are temporary, but the things you do not see are eternal. So what's happening in our heart is we go through trials and we just literally cling to God, cling to his word, and trust him through it. We don't give up and faint and fall in the middle of it. We keep moving through it. It's going to work for us a far heavier weight of glory. What does that mean? We're going to come out of it with a greater power and presence of God upon our life. I tell people all the time, whatever you're going through today is only serving as a moment to prepare you for what is coming ahead. And so we're being strengthened. We're going from faith to faith as we go through. God's intent is to increase our faith in him. And we're going from glory to glory, which means ever increasing presence and power of God on our life. Could you share what Speak Truth Media Group is and what you're offering today? Yes, I would love to. She says with a big smile on her face. Speak Truth Media is is just that. It's a media company that does all sorts of media. I started this company back in 2015, and it was solely started to do the media that I produce. Back then, I had a podcast. It was uh, entitled A Voice for Our Time. I also I've been writing books for a very long time. So it's the it's a publishing company. It was publishing all my books, producing my podcast, producing podcasts for other people. And also in uh, a couple of years ago now, I was invited to do a television program on Grace TV. So it also produces the television program that that I host. And so anyway, what happened about a year or so ago, just God just opened some doors. I started getting calls from authors of books. We only work with authors that have inspirational messages of faith and hope and perseverance and victory. And so I started getting calls from authors and, you know, some are in the health field. Others are are in you know, just telling testimonies or teaching practicum, discipling people and that kind of thing. 
But I, they wanted to work with me. They wanted me to do some editing in the beginning. And so I did some editing and then I get to the end of that process for their book. And then they would say, I want you to publish this. And I was like, I don't, I, I have never thought I'd be a publisher. So long story short is that we are a full on publishing company as of this moment. And I work and teach authors. Number one, I do coaching with authors. So if people are interested, they have a book idea, but they don't know how to take that idea and get it on paper and in a certain flowing format for their manuscript. And, you know, I help them from idea to implementation. Then I also uh, help them with the self-publishing side of it if they want to go to that next level. And as you know, the publishing industry has changed just dynamically over the past five years. And whether you pay someone to publish for you or you publish it yourself, I teach and train people how to do that from start to finish. And I'm available. So if anyone is interested in that kind of offer, I'd love to talk with them. The key phrase was, I'm available. I really appreciate that because I know that there are authors who always are looking for someone that they can trust and in the area of publishing there are many I know that you know stories and I certainly know stories of people who have been hurt by Mm -hmm. publishers and so this is awesome that you are are making yourself available and where can people find out more about this? They can just go to speaktruthmedia.com. They can find me on Facebook. They can find Speak Truth Media on Facebook, on Instagram. And so just they can reach out. They can private message me on Facebook or they can, my email, my direct email is charlana, C-H-A-R-L-A-N-A, at speaktruthmedia.com. Thank you so much for that. Now, in in closing, is there anything that you would like to summarize or encourage our listeners? I would really like to encourage people to, there's a lot of fear in our nation today, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and a lot of questions, confusion. And I would say to people that, that your purpose is not to live in that fear. I'd I'd like to suggest that there's something greater that God has for you in this hour and in this time in which we live in. Discovering what that is is going to require a boldness and a, a wisdom, a strength and a wisdom for us to come out of our places of hiding. Oftentimes people who are in fear and have a lot of anxiety and things, they're hiding. But when God said, I have a future and a hope for you, he said his thoughts are are peace and good. And so we've got to learn to live in that peace. I want to add one more thing. People are struggling with fear and anxiety. I want you to connect with me. I would like to walk you through a beautiful healing, as it were, from that fear to get you to a place where you can see the glorious hope that is out ahead of you. So I just want to encourage people to reach out, to connect, and to be bold in this hour, and to to know that what people need most now is Jesus. 
People need Jesus now and learning how to be that conduit is so vital for us in this day, Carol. Thank you for that. That was so heartwarming. And that's the message that you really are giving to our audience is how much you care and how much you want to help. And that is your passion. So I thank you. You've been an awesome guest. You've been an an encouragement, I'm sure, to many. We definitely will have all the information for contact, your contact information, etc., on your show notes so people can tap in and connect with you. And the very fact that you offered just to give people a word of encouragement by connecting with you, I sincerely thank you for that. So thank you so much, Charlana Kelly, for being on Never, Ever, Ever, as you said, Give Up Hope. Carol, thank you so much for having me on today. It's just been a blessing and an honor to be with you. God bless you and all of those who listen to your program. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.